You are listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast, where it's all about responding with confidence to the legal, financial, and personal challenges created by disability, unexpected illness, or simply aging in general. Join us weekly as elder law attorneys Tim Takis, Barbara McGinnis, Chris Johnson, and other members of the Takis McGinnis Elder Care Law Team talk about the tools, techniques, strategies, and services that will make the elder care journey easier for everyone involved. Get ready, because aging starts now. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode number 15. I'm your host, Chris Johnson, and today we're talking about the importance of a contingency plan for the solo caregiver. Joining us today is Patty Bedwell and an elder care coordinator at Tagus McGinnis Elder Care Law. Welcome, Patty. It's so great to have you on the podcast. Thanks, Chris. It's good to be here. So the importance of a contingency plan for the solo caregiver, that is quite the mouthful. And I think what probably people most hear is there in that phrase is the solo caregiver. That's a scary thought when you think about having to be solely responsible for one of your parents. Why don't you talk to us about that a little bit? Well, a lot of us, many people find themselves in the role of caring for a parent or a loved one, you know, that is uh, incapacitated in one way or another. And often, although there are, you know, there are people that will help, it usually falls to one person and one person maintains the, uh, the, the caregiving responsibilities or at least the bulk of them. Yeah, And that's, uh, you know, it's a very difficult thing taking on um, the care and oversight of someone else's life and their needs. And, and when you take over that care and oversight, it, it becomes all-consuming, doesn't it? It's, it's kind of hard to, to see anything else because it really starts to control your everyday life. That's exactly true. It's one of those can't see the forest for the trees kind of things. Is that one of those things where the people don't the one of the reasons people don't think about a backup plan because they think I just don't have time to deal with that? True. Yeah, that, that's one of the reasons. And sometimes when you start in on it, it's not that much. You know, you're not really doing that much for mom or dad. Maybe you're dropping off meals or maybe you're doing this. And then as things go on, you find that you're picking up more and more responsibilities and you may not be uh, fully aware of how much you're doing, you know, three or four months down the road and you find you're doing everything and look around and you're the only one doing anything. That's right. So what does happen? So let's say we have that solo caregiver and they become incapacitated or heaven forbid something worse and they pass away. What happens to mom or dad in that scenario? Well, uh, let's say if you are your mother's primary caregiver and you have been the one charged with taking care of her bills and things like that, you know, overseeing her finances, hopefully you've had enough foresight to, um, to think about those things. Uh, you want to make sure that whatever financial documents are in place, you know, do allow to have someone else take up you know, for you should something happen to you. Um, you always need to have some kind of a backup plan. Uh, we've talked with people before and their backup plan is, has simply been, oh, well, I just can't get sick. Um, and that's not very logical. Even less logical in today's world, isn't that? 
Exactly right. Exactly right. Yeah, that's it's it's tough to hear people respond like that because it, it's kind of willful blindness, if you will. It, you, we don't always get to control if we get sick or, or if we're incapacitated. And it, it seems like they're, they're avoiding a real problem and, and avoiding problems generally doesn't make it better, does it? No, usually, uh, usually when you do, <laughs> when you do actually put attention to the problem, it's a lot worse than it, it would have been had you taken care of it you know, when it first started. That's right. So if they're the only power of attorney and there's no backup, what, what, what happens? What, who's in control at that point if something happens to them where they can't perform their duties? Well, hopefully, you know, there is some sort of a, uh, um, some sort of a family unit, someone that, that will step up to the plate, so to speak. That's why, in my opinion, one of the most important things a solo caregiver can do is to make sure that they have that backup plan. So when you start taking on these responsibilities, you know, talk with that person. Who do they want taking over for you should something happen to you or if you have to go out of town for whatever reason? You know, situations happen all the time that uh, pull us away from something. So um, I think the caregiver needs to be responsible to be sure that there is someone to step in. That's right. Because if, if there isn't someone to step in, and this is what I always tell our clients is, uh, then you're looking at a conservatorship. If you fail to do the planning, mm-hmm. it will a plan will still be made, but it'll be a plan that you don't control. It will be a much, much more expensive plan, and it'll be a much more involved and aggravating plan to whoever has to execute it because there's going to be much more scrutiny, much more oversight, and it's going to be much harder just to carry out those day-to-day duties under a conservatorship, having to report to the court and having just to go through that process, which at times can be, uh, it, it can be very difficult and it's, it's hard on families and it is not a process that you want to go through, especially when with a little foresight it could have been avoided that's exactly right a little bit of planning will save a lot of headaches in the long run yep we used to we used to say that proper prior planning prevents poor performance the six p's and it, it it applies in all facets of life that's for sure the uh well so let's say i'm the only caregiver for mom or dad and i i have power of attorney over them uh and for them and we don't have a backup in that power of attorney. Uh, is and mom is suffering from dementia or suffering from Alzheimer's. Is there is there something that we can do? Can we fix that? Can we rectify that? Well, if you have gone with your loved one to get this power of attorney drawn up, um, you know, at, at, that's the point to be sure that you have a successor in place. That's the best and the easiest way to take care of it. So, you know, from the beginning that that things are taken care of. Um, Unfortunately, if the situation goes on and there is no one else but you, then sometimes, as you were saying just a little bit ago, uh, the situation or the decisions are taken out of your control and you are forced to uh, um, to look at um, the court system for that backup person. That's right. 
<clears throat> now, if a, a well-drafted power of attorney will hopefully, at a minimum, maybe provide some guidance that uh, allows the current power of attorney, uh, you know, to try and have some say. Because maybe, maybe a power of attorney. Remember, it isn't just being incapacitated or passing away or something like that. Sometimes they can be overwhelmed. I think people sometimes underestimate the time and efforts. Uh, that it takes to be a full-time caregiver for an adult parent. They, they just don't understand the, the weight that that places on an individual. And, and they, they go through something called caregiver burnout, don't they? Oh, they sure do. And that sneaks up on you. But it is a very valid thing. Um, you know, taking on, taking on the responsibility to, um, uh, for someone else's life, you know, you know how hard it is to take care of your own, the details of your own life. So now you've doubled that by adding on someone else's uh, concerns and their needs as well. Yep. And it's, and, and people think it's more than it, or people don't realize it's more than just, okay, well, I'm going to pay mom or dad's bills and I'll, you know, help them around the house a little bit. But remember, they might not always agree with your decisions. And so there, there's, you know, sometimes getting them to find common ground with you and, and do what's in their best interest, because especially when you're uh, dealing with some of these devastating and debilitating effects of Alzheimer's or dementia, uh, mom or dad might not be making the best decisions for themselves. And, and that can be even more frustrating because there you are trying to help them and trying to make their life better. And there are days where it's going to feel like they're, they're actively working against you, which just it, it adds to the exhaustion doesn't it it certainly does it, it certainly does it's probably one of the most overwhelming jobs a person can take on yeah especially think, one think, that when you go into it you think oh this is going to be nothing you know this is just taking care of mom yeah. and it's a whole lot more than that it really is patty it really is well if i'm so if i'm the sole caregiver and i am running all around trying to keep my life together and manage my family and trying to take care of my mom or my dad obviously I'm going to be pulled in in lots of different directions uh, and there's going to be times where I'm going to be needed in two places at once and I can't do it uh, what, what do you tell the solo caregiver who who asks themselves you know is it safe to leave mom and dad for a few minutes for a few hours uh, I'm sure they're faced with that dilemma all the time what what advice do you give them well um, that that's an awfully big question and it really does depend on the person with the dementia and where they're at and I think if you've been caregiver for someone for a while. Um, you're going to know when that point is when you should not be leaving them alone, when they're just not safe to be left alone. And although you may talk yourself into thinking that it's just going to be 15 minutes, it's just going to be, you know, 30 minutes, I just have to go pick up some groceries. Um, I, I think the concern of what could happen during those 15 or 30 minutes is so great that your best bet it's just to find someone. If you have to hire a caregiver to come in and sit with your loved one to allow you to leave and do those errands that you need to, then that's really what you need to do. 
Um, aside from any legal ramifications, I just couldn't imagine the guilt that she would go through as a caregiver coming home and finding, I don't know, the house on fire or whatever it might be. Um, so the best rule of thumb is just to really look around, find your support group. You know, maybe there's neighbors that wouldn't mind coming over and sitting for a few minutes or, you know, maybe there's some church members or something. Um, but you need to look out to, to find that support group and to create one for yourself if there's not one already there. Yep. And I, and I think you, you put your finger right on it and you have to actively go out and develop those networks. I think, I think some people, and, and rightfully so, I think some people are tired from the journey because oftentimes people don't right at the beginning go, okay, I need to take care of mom and dad. What are all of the things I'm going to need to do to be ready for this? Like you said, it starts out with small things and they're kind of doing a little bit and there's almost this this mission creep of their responsibilities and, and before they know it, they're overwhelmed and, and that's when they're realizing I haven't done this and so it's difficult because at their most difficult time uh, to be handling everything, now they're realizing shoot, I, I need to I need to have these relationships develop. And if they don't have those, they can always turn to professional in-home caregivers, correct? Yes, that's right. There's so many uh, agencies in our area, you know, that will provide sitting services. And uh, people need to remember also that the homemaker services are different than the home health services. You know, you can get someone, uh, a homemaker service to come in and sit with someone uh, while you go out to do those errands and things like that. Because at the end of the day, the goal we are always trying to reach and, and a, a focus of emphasis at our firm in particular is making sure that mom or dad's care needs are met. And that really is goal number one, isn't it, Patty? That's exactly right. That, that drives everything else. And that's and when you think about that, that cures a lot of ills. If we're getting the care needs met, then you're not running into these sorts of questions. And so I think one of the best lessons out of all this and out of this discussion is when you're feeling overwhelmed, like a lot of other things in areas in your life, it's it's good and wise to seek out uh, some professional counsel and, and find the experts in this field that can tell you about the resources. And I mean, that's right up your alley as an elder care coordinator, isn't it? That's exactly right. We have all sorts of resources that we can share. Um, there's all sorts of agencies out there willing to help, but you know they, uh, you need to reach out to them to find out what's available for your situation. And you need, and I think most importantly, you need to know those those entities exist. I think it, the saddest stories are where people don't realize that there are there are entities uh, out there that are designed to help these people in need, and the people in need just aren't aware uh, of the resource available. To me, that's always the saddest thing. So it is. I hope. I hope that this gives people some insight on how to attack the problem of being a solo caregiver and how to make sure that we are taking the steps to take care of them as best as we can. The uh, It is very, very difficult 
uh, to be the solo caregiver and not be aware of the available resources around. And, and that's where having an advocate, uh, Patty, our elder care coordinator, and Deborah, our other elder care coordinator, I often refer to them as, as lights in the tunnel for our clients and our clients' families because oftentimes it's not that they didn't have the resources they needed, it's that they didn't know they were available. That's exactly right. Is there anything else you want to add, Patty? No, just uh, I'll just uh, follow up on what you said. You know, we, we do have lots of resources we can share. Um, so if you have questions, you find yourself as a sole caregiver, you know, just, just reach out, make those calls, um, find out where you can get assistance. You know, just don't, don't do it alone when there's so many out there that are willing to help. I think that's really well said, Patty. Patty, thank you for taking time out of your busy day to be here with us today. That's it for today's episode of Aging Starts Now. I'd like to thank Patty for joining us. Until next time. Thank you for listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast. For more information about today's show, visit tn-elderlaw.com, click on the free resources tab, and then click on Aging Starts Now. You'll find the show notes there. And while you're at it, why not check out all the free resources available at tn-elderlaw.com. Document downloads, the Tagus McGinnis blog, educational videos, informative articles, helpful links, a TV show, and more. It's all there, free for the taking. If you enjoy listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast, please subscribe, rate the show, or leave us a review. It's easy to do on whatever app you use to listen. We would love your feedback on the show. Aging starts now. We'll be back next week with more candid discussions about challenges created by aging, disability, and unexpected illness. 